Now, the words that were written here in Luke were spoken and written during a time in the history of the world called the Pax Romana. And the Pax Romana went from 27 BC to about 180 AD or CE. And, and during that 200 year time frame, there was relative peace in the Mediterranean world. And at that point in time, that was the whole known world, at least, you know, according to the civilization that was writing uh, this uh, particular text. And so what you found out, there was relative peace spread, spread throughout all the world. And that peace was brought forward by Rome. Now I want to tell you, Rome knew the things that made for peace. Rome knew what made for peace. And here's what made for peace on Rome's terms. Military might made for peace. Strength made for peace. But above all, the cross made for peace. The cross made for peace. Here's the way that Rome used the cross. You see, what would happen if you had a troublemaker, if you had a rabble-rouser, if you had someone that disturbed the peace, what Rome would do was they would go ahead and take that person and they would crucify him in the outskirts of town so that everybody that passed by, you know, going in and out of the town would point to whoever was on that cross and say, you know what, I don't want to end up like that. I don't want to be in that place. And it was the fear of the cross that made for peace. During the Pax Romana, it was the fear of the cross that made for peace. And so it just is amazing to me that during that same time frame, in that same time period, our Christian ancestors, our foremothers and our forefathers, what they did was they took that symbol and they made it their brand. They made it their trademark. They made it their image. They found in that symbol, that brand, that trademark, they found a power in the cross. Not in fear of the cross. They found power in faith in the cross. Somehow they moved from fear of the cross to faith in the cross and they found such power in faith in the cross that it permeated the whole Mediterranean world during that Pax Romana. And not only did it permeate the whole Mediterranean world, that even beyond that permanently to this day, we still put the cross, we still stick it on our steeples and we still wear it around our necks. The cross is still the symbol the central symbol that all Christians claim. Faith in the cross, in the power of the cross, the thing that makes for peace. See, friends, when we come into Holy Week, what we begin to discover is that as you and I draw closer and closer to the cross, and that's what we do in Holy Week, we begin to realize, we begin to realize how far God's love goes to never let you go. As you come closer and closer to the cross, what you begin to realize is how far God's love goes to never let you go, to never ever let you go. 
go. And what we do, the way we do that together as Christians is we come into Holy Week, we walk with Jesus through, the, through all the events of his life during this week. And so we come into good moments in Jesus' life, like Palm Sunday when he rides in on the donkey and they got all the palms waving and the cloaks laid down and everything's good and happy and lots of praise. And we say, boy, we can see how God is there in that moment in a powerful way, how Jesus is present in that moment in a joyful way. And we just get that sense that, that that's a beautiful thing. And, and God is present in the beautiful moments of our lives. And we come into Thursday night. And again, we have moments that are close and that are intimate as Jesus draws together with his 12, his best friends, and, and they celebrate the Passover supper together. And then there, there's such a, um, an endearing quality to that time they spend around the table. We say we know that God is present in those moments of our lives, those beautiful close moments of our lives. But then Jesus moves forward as he, we continue the journey forward into darker and more difficult moments. And you know the story. You know how the story begins to unfold. You know how from that upper room what begins to happen from there is that Jesus moves into moments where he is betrayed by Judas. And then he is denied by Peter. And he is falsely accused and unjustly judged by Pilate. And then he is forced to carry the weight of the cross on his back that is so heavy that he stumbles and falls as he travels down the Via Dolorosa. And then he is, he is stripped of his cloak and he is nailed to the cross and he is vulnerable and visible to all the world as he hangs there on the cross. And this deep thirst, this deep aching thirst begins to fill all of his bones, all of his body. And he's scorned and ridiculed by those who stand around in the crowd. And that he feels abandoned by all. As the scriptures say, all fled. And he feels forsaken by God as he sits there on the cross and he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? And he dies. And he breathes his last breath. He's taken out from the cross. And he's laid to rest in the tomb. You and I know the story. We know how it unfolds. And as we move with Jesus, as that story unfolds, as we remember and are reminded and we live the story, what we begin to discover again for ourselves is what Jesus is doing in walking that walk to the cross is he is preparing the way. He is going before you and he is going before me. So that even as we walk in those same kind of moments in our lives, you and I will know that in those moments, Jesus has been there ahead of us. And you and I will know that in those moments, we are not alone in those moments, that Jesus is with us in those moments. And the cross assures us of that. The cross assures us that, yes, God is with us in the good and happy and joyful moments of life, the Palm Sunday moments of our lives. That God is with us in the close, intimate moments where we're with friends, you know, kind of in the upper room moments of our lives. But God is also with us in the moments of your life, in the moments of my life. When you are betrayed, 
God is with you in those moments. God is in the moments with you when you are denied. God is with you in the moments when you are falsely accused and unjustly judged. God is with you in the moments of your life when you are rejected and ridiculed. God is with you in the moments of your life when you feel like you're carrying the weight of your wor- the world on your shoulder and, it, and you stumble and fall because of that weight. God is with you in the moments of your life when you t- feel totally exposed and vulnerable. God is with you in the moments of your life when you feel totally abandoned by everyone. God is with you in the moments of your life when you feel forsaken by God. God is with you in the moment of your life when you die. And God is with you in the moment of your life when you are laid to rest. See, the power of the cross is that we are assured of the presence of the Christ in all of those moments of our lives. And what happened in the early churches, they realized that. They realized that in the cross of Jesus Christ. And they realized that in that cross, Christ was present with them in all those moments of their life, in and through that faith, in a way that Christ was their strength. He was not only present with them, he was present with them as their strength. He was present with them as their savior. He was present with them as the prince of peace. Their peace in those moments of their lives. And Christ is not only present with them in those moments of their lives when they were the ones who were the receivers of the wrong. What you begin to find when you come to the cross is Christ is also present in our lives when we are the perpetuators of the wrong. Because it would, you know, you, you can't go through life and think, well, I'm always on, you know, on the right side of the equation here. Sometimes we wear the shoe on the other foot. Sometimes we are the one who are the deniers. Sometimes we are the ones who are the betrayers. Sometimes we are the one who place the heavy burdens on other people's shoulders. Sometimes we are the ones who falsely judge and accuse. Sometimes we are the ones who abandon others. Sometimes we are the ones who forsake God. And what happens is the cross invites us to be honest about that in our lives. We don't have to run from that. We can be honest about that and we can see what does Jesus do with all that when we come to the cross and what Jesus does with all of that when we come to the cross, he makes a blanket statement. He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You see, you come to the cross, and when you come to the cross, you find that blanket statement of forgiveness. I'm a guy who believes that the forgiveness of Jesus Christ was there for Judas and was there for Pilate as much as it was there for Peter. If only Judas and Pilate had known, if only they had returned and received it, I believe it was there for them The reason I believe that is because I see what happened with the Apostle Paul. And you and I know the history of the Apostle Paul. He was a guy that before he became the Apostle Paul proclaiming the gospel, he was a guy named Saul who was a killer of Christians, a persecutor and a killer of Christians. And he, here are the words that came out of his mouth. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
The forgiveness of God is here for all of us in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he follows those words up with these words. There is nothing, nothing in all of creation that can separate you, that can separate me from the love of God that is ours in Jesus Christ. And the reason he can make that statement is because of the power of the cross. The reason he knows that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ is because he's seen what happened through Christ, you know, all the way down. He's seen everything happen. And he knows that through all those things, the love of God was present powerfully in all those moments of life. And so he can say with all assurance, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. We come back to the words of Luke. Words that are spoken to me, words that are spoken to you. If you, only you, only knew, if I, only me, only knew, the power, the power of that cross in our lives, that power that makes for peace in our lives, the power of God for love in every moment of our lives, lives. The way that Luke pictures it in the scripture this morning is that Jesus comes to Jerusalem and he cries over Jerusalem. He weeps over Jerusalem because the people didn't understand what was there for them in his coming into their lives in those moments. And I think Jesus still cries today. I think Jesus still cries today. Because I think Jesus still so deeply wants all people, not simply the people who are Christians, you know, who know that power and claim that power and find that power of the cross and all that. Jesus wants all people to know how far God's love goes to never let them go. Jesus wants all people to know that. And particularly today, on this Palm Sunday, he wants you to know that. And he wants me to know that. If you, only you. If me, only me. Knew how Jesus makes peace. What it takes to make for peace. And so, my friends, this is why, as Christians, we cherish the old rugged cross. Because when we come to the old rugged cross, what we find is how much God cherishes you and how much God cherishes me and how much God cherishes everyone. That's why we cherish the old rugged cross. And that's why we cling to the old rugged cross. Because as we cling to that old rugged cross, what we cling to and what we know is the way that God's love in Jesus Christ clings to your life and clings to my life. And in a moment, what we're going to do is we're going to stand and we're going to sing those words. We're going to sing the old rugged cross, that we cherish that old rugged cross, that we cling to that old rugged cross. And as we sing that, what I want you to do is I want you to celebrate that because that is the truth for your life. And that is the truth for my life. The way that God in Jesus Christ, by the power of the cross, has determined that truth 
has lived into that truth, has made that truth a reality for you and for me. The cross is a reality for you and for me. The power of the cross, the presence of the Christ, the place of our peace. I invite us to claim that and to cherish it and to cling to it